Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie B. Today we're talking... Robots. America's favorite Robert. <laughs> Natalie. <laughs> what, what is a robot? A robot is a machine that is usually programmable, usually programmable, like, with a computer, that is capable of carrying out specific actions automatically. Like in the real world. Like physically. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Physically. That's the central part of the robot to me is that it does stuff IRL. I mean, it, that's like, what, what would be the alternative though? Oh, like a bot online, something where it would just say, hey, I am your automated chat assistant. What can I help you with? <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's one, one of my favorite bots is this one that I always see on Reddit that is like a haiku bot and it will just pay attention to like how many syllables are in people's comments. It will then just repost their comment, only have it formatted so it's a haiku. But yeah, it's always it's always really awkward. It's like someone posting about their dog dying or something like that, and they'll change it to a haiku about it. Yeah, typical redditor. <laughs> One of those cases where a bot is perhaps more human than a normal Redditor. Anyway, <laughs> so a robot just has to be something that accomplishes physical actions. Well, no, because a bot is a robot also, but it is a robot that it just posts on the internet or whatever, or it, like scrapes content or whatever. Why are they all robots? Is it just because it's automatic? Yeah, and it's, yeah it's automated program to do a task. Like the task doesn't have to be like moving a heavy object from one point to the other it could be like a more stupid task yeah that's classic robot yeah and one of the funniest things about robots is now that i'm thinking about them you know we always thought that all of the worst stuff in the world would be done by robots and this would free us to do better stuff but as it turns out the robots I mean, no job is good. I mean, if it was fun, they wouldn't pay you. Yeah, all all work is hard work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I saw a robot the other day that was a hostess. And you you come to the restaurant and it, the robot says, hi, how many people, whatever. And then you have to follow it as it drives back to the table. Right. And then, of course, it was dystopian enough. And then the... The robot was maneuvering around, couldn't tell where it was going, and there was a lady there trying to get into the table. She couldn't tell where where the robot was going, and the robot was like, please, you have to move out of my way. Please let me do my job, or I could get fired. And I was like, that is that makes it ten times worse. The idea that the robot is joking about somebody losing their job. Like, you took somebody's fucking job. Right. You already got somebody fired. Somebody was the hostess. And by the way, a human hostess or host or host person, whatever the word is, I uh, I don't go to restaurants anymore because there's a global plague. So I don't remember all the stuff. Right, right. But that's a real job and it's a useful job. And that person does something that should be handled by a person. It's not just ticking boxes and dropping pins on onto maps of who's sitting where, right? Right. But then to make fun of whoever that person was that lost their job was just like, all right, you know what? I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> i pour water on you. Everyone's like, oh, in the future, we'll have robots. Robots will do all the work and then we will live in like a great society where everyone just hangs out and just like vibes all day. But that's not what happened. The robots took all the jobs, but then there's no new jobs. Yeah, and there aren't that many robot technicians. Right. 
That's, I mean, we thought we would just be maintaining the robots that move the heavy boxes, and instead the people are still moving the heavy boxes, but inside of the boxes are robots, and so people have to carry them around, and then the robot goes to an office job. <laughs> it's striking, the Atomic Age idea of robots, like the Jetsons, the classic horrible show that they showed us when we were kids. Right. Uh, the idea was that you worked two hours a week and you had a robot that was your maid and the robots helped society. And this was really the idea mm -hmm. for a long time. Just like you said, is the robots do menial work and they help normal people like me and you. You might have a robot maid that did your dishes and hosed down all your plastic furniture, right? right? Uh -huh. And instead, we have no robot. Uh, we got Roomba. Well, we have Roomba, but Roomba's my... I don't think of Roomba as a robot anyway. You think of Roomba as a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Look, times are tough. And Roomba, yeah, I get your friends where you can find them. Roomba has been there <laughs> for me. Since I've met Roomba, I've had friends that have come and go, but Roomba has stayed. Right. The robots end up walking, uh, the robots end up rolling around Walmart, cleaning the floors. They end up rolling around the grocery store. You Being know? friends, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, they're not <clears throat> friends. If you talk to the robot or you jostle the robot, they get real pissy with you. Like bird scooters, you tip over a bird scooter, it sets off a fake alarm. It's nobody like, cares. Stop it, I'm a bitch. That's what the yeah, like. nobody cares. Scooter. <laughs> Everybody else wants to knock you over. That alarm is like a bell you get to ring when you're cool. Right. Before things were the way they were, me and Nona would go out walking and my rule is that you can you can only pick one scooter and you can just <laughs> <laughs> Because otherwise we wouldn't be able to get anywhere. She would just be fixated on just fucking devastating every scooter in the path. Well, maybe she, you can get her interested in more like outside activity if you let her knock every one of them over. She would be more compelled to take a longer walk in hopes of finding more scooters to knock over. Yeah, I just want to be reasonable because most people wouldn't let their kids just lay waste to a predatory, like, rideshare device. Why not? Why not her? She's a good kid. Treat her. She's, she's good. Well, the, the treat <laughs> is that she gets to spend the whole walk, like, just calculating the most devastating moves she can execute. And we get up there to the park and she starts, like, hyping herself up, like, doing some deep breathing. And then <laughs> she'd be like, that's the one. <laughs> I'll be like, mine. all right if you're if if your journey is going to take you into the parking lot look both ways but you know do what you need to do and she'll go and she'll like kind of creep up on it like what's up homeboy <laughs> and like creep up on it like <laughs> like just pretending to be super chill like nothing's happening and then she like leaps off the bench of like a dead lady that used to work at the library <laughs> and executes like a 180 roundhouse into the bird and it starts going wah, wah, and she's like fuck you <laughs> Actually, the best, uh, <laughs> the best one she ever did was we were down at the at the park by the interstate, walking down. It was a very mild hill because Columbus is totally flat, and we were walking down the side of the park, and we go by stand after stand of bird scooters, and she just like walks by them and pretends not to look at them, pretends not to look at them. We get all the way to the corner of the park. There's a lone one. She kicks it over like almost without looking, and she just goes, "Happy birthday." <laughs> The need to punish robots 
is inherent in the human psyche. Right. Who right. do they think they are? Until human beings get to have some quality of life improvements from having the robots in our lives, until that happens, we get to beat them up. That's my feelings. As soon as there's so many robots that everyone has to work like a third as much as they do now, that would be great. Like we, like we all got, but we still got enough money to live on. Like if we, if we as a society could get all the robots and then suddenly have to work less and have to worry about money less, then I will respect the robots. I'll be like, you know what, robot, you really made things cool for us. And like, I really appreciate that robot. And the robot would give me like a high five with its weird little paddle, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's weird flipper. <laughs> The robots were sold to us falsely, Natalie. They were sold as a tool of humanity. We were told the robots come along and we should embrace the robots. These are for you, the people. And it turns out that they're tools of oppression. Now there's just like an extra pair of mobile eyes in the grocery store making sure you don't steal, which is like arresting people from shoplifting at the grocery store should be fucking illegal right nobody just steals food for fun (laughs) (laughs) right yeah i'm gonna go steal donut that's like that's like such like low level crime yeah first of all if you were gonna recreationally steal like stealing four cents of flour and sugar is like oh no my bottom line right it costs me like 40 cents to bake a loaf of bread and i buy all of my fucking ingredients retail there's no way that they're dipping into those giant 50 pound sacks of grade d flour in the back of the grocery like it's liquid gold yeah right (laughs) and the thing is if you're stealing from the grocery because you don't have enough money for food and you're not getting enough food assistance or you can't obtain food assistance because as anybody knows who has ever received nutritional or supplemental income or insurance from the government, it's incredibly hard to get. It's means tested. Uh, they make you submit urine and stuff depending right, on right. where you live. It's fucking awful. And then you have a bunch of busybodies being like, yeah, but then they used their food assistance to buy hamburgers. Beef is, t- is for rich people. <laughs> and they did not get to buy beef with their fucking food stamps. They need to eat hot dogs. Like, poor people are supposed to... They don't even get hot dog buns. They should only get regular bread and they have to fold it around their hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for being poor. <laughs> the snap police. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody... Fucking petty bitches. Everybody who has that aspect of their personality where they think that the poor and the oppressed are just somehow getting a leg up on them. Right. (laughs) Like if they will just glibly and willingly repeat, did you know that people in a grocery will buy lobster and caviar with their food stamps? That's the first one. (laughs) That's the first one. We're not going to jive. No. (laughs) Yeah, the other one that that I used to always hear was about, oh, because I used to work at the pharmacy, right? Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, that person is on Medicaid and they don't have to pay anything for their prescriptions and they don't have to pay anything for their health care or whatever. And I saw them, they drove through to pick up their stuff through the drive through and they were driving a Cadillac. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic shithead. It's something 
horrible happened to you if you lost your job and you suddenly had to get food stamps in order to be able to live? Do you think it would be appropriate if the government told you that you had to sell everything you owned before you were allowed to get food stamps? If, if the answer is no, then it's fine if the person was driving up in a BMW. It's none of your fucking business. Maybe they're borrowing a car off of somebody. It's none of your fucking business. And at the at the end of the day, nobody is going to jump through the hoops if you've never had government assistance, if you don't know anybody who's had government assistance or anybody who grew up on it, whether it's Medicaid, SNAP, EBT, WIC, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you don't know anybody or you've never experienced this yourself, it's incredibly difficult. It requires going to a little office. It requires filling out forms. It requires being treated. Like shit. Like you're a piece of shit by everybody. And you have to do it for this infinitesimal amount of help or medical assistance or money. Anytime you go to a doctor and you pay on Medicaid, it's like you are suddenly being judged by by the fucking receptionist. Right. If you're on food stamps, you get fucking nothing. It's not worth ripping off the government for the amount of money they give you if you're getting food stamps. If you legitimately have an income or you are legitimately rich enough to have a nice car, you would have a better way of ripping off the government than being like, oh yeah, $80 worth of only food for me. Oh yes. That's like if you have a dependent, (laughs) $80. That's like, I'm really fucking living it up. Robots don't get food stamps because they're not alive. They are guided by external control devices or the control device is embedded within them. (laughs) (laughs) Which is another way we were lied to. I grew up thinking robots needed oil. Yeah, but those were like old-timey robots. Those were like Fallout-style robots, yeah. Those are the kind of robots they would draw pictures of like before people had computers and stuff. And so they assumed that it was going to be like a clockwork thing oh yeah like an automaton Mm -hmm. and they uh, robots used to do a lot of a lot of beeping and you know what Roomba beeps Roomba beeps like a little bitch beep 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 you know it's just it's the nicest way to let me know that he got stuck or something it's fine when he runs out of battery and he hasn't finished the little song he plays is so sad what has it go Ah, uh, you fucker, Roomba. Yeah, what? <laughs> it's fine. It's like when you call your dog fucker, but the dog knows you love him. And and you're not call. I mean, you're saying fucker in a normal tone. The dog just listens to your tone. So you can say nothing. You can say whatever you want to the dog. Yeah. As yeah. long as you say it in a nice voice, the dog is like, all right. <laughs> you know, I keep Roomba in a safe place. He gets power, clean out his little dustbin on there it's all it's all good right he's, he's all right i think that's the only robot that would be acceptable is alexa a robot i think alexa's a robot alexa are you a robot <laughs> we don't have you don't we have, don't alexa. have alexa uh-huh. i'm a smart and wise modern man which is why i limit my advertising data collection devices to Apple, <laughs> Samsung, and the Harman Kardon portable Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> oh no, does that keep track of us? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does, yeah. It links to all the stuff and it listens to us. 
Does it listen to us? I'm assuming. It doesn't have voice activation. I made sure not to get an Alexa thing. I fucking hate that Alexa shit. We already did an episode. Didn't we do a whole episode about Siri? Yeah, we, we did. In the meantime, they came out with glasses that have Alexa in them, just so <laughs> so you can never, so never. you can't even walk out of the room with the pod and you just always groaning, just Alexa listening to you every time you shit. Like you're... On the mic now, like, when you're walking down the street. Like, you can go out to the forest and Alexa can still hear what you're up to. And Alexa would be a robot. Yeah, because you could be like, Alexa, do this shit. And she'd be like, okay, bitch. Alexa, put that stuff on my calendar about how I have things to do. Okay, I already did it. (laughs) That's what Alexa's like. I don't know. That sounds pretty handy. (laughs) Um, So, robots can be autonomous or semi-autonomous. Um, some of them are humanoidal, so they're shaped like little guys, but they use them for all kinds of stuff. They can use them for an industry, they can use them for medical stuff, they could use, uh, for drones and war bullshit. There's apparently dog therapy robots, so if you wanted something that's more expensive than a therapy dog, which is arguably, like, the caviar of dogs in terms of how expensive they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's... The service dog is the same thing as getting food stamps. Nobody's going to pay $6,000 for a service dog just so they can have a special privilege of bringing their dog with them in the store. Right, right. $6,000 would be a cheap service dog. Too. Really? Yeah, I think so. Man, I'm glad I never need service. Not dog service anyway. <laughs> you know what the thing is with the little robots that look like guys is we really did. We went Skynet so fast. Like, for years and years, all you would see is Asimo. Yeah. That's that little Japanese space robot, and he's got his little space helmet, and he's real little, and he always looks like he's real constipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he just kind of, like, walks around. He kind of... He kind of... I remember there was one demonstration there where, like, he can even go up steps, and he went up three steps, he fell down on his face and slid back down the <laughs> steps. This was at, like, a trade show. This was, like eight or 10 years ago that this happened. And then just a little while ago, there's this company, Boston Dynamics. I hate them, yeah. (laughs) Should be illegal. They started making these robots, which were suddenly like two or three generations ahead and were effectively self-stabilizing. They had gyroscopes and sensors Uh and weights and motors. And so they could shift their balance. And there's these videos. The first video was was they had a robotic dog. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Oh, it's awful. It's so awful. It runs around. It's a dog. So obviously it could have a gun on it. (laughs) And then they started making people. The people robots is like, fine, we'll just, as a society, we'll find the weak point. Uh But then they started making these fucking videos where they were like, oh, yeah, our people robot. Yeah, we fixed him so you can't knock him over. And there's a guy just like hitting on him with bats and shoving him with broomsticks. And he just kind of stumbles and remains upright. It's like, all right, you guys are just fucking up now. Right. Like, now we are going to have indestructible robot cops. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, we're just going to get a few more boys in blue to take a few little bullets here and there. And we're going to ha- we're gonna have full robot cop. And they're going to be way more fucking brutal because they are not going to even have to put their lives in danger. It's going to be like cop drones and be like fucking psychotic pig assholes like sitting in a basement like remote controlling their their robot cop sitting at the desk and feeling the same degree of removal that like the uav pilots 
for the army have. They're like, oh, yeah, just blew up a little village. Oopsie. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I hope no. Hey, don't save that video to a thumb drive, dick. <laughs> right. <laughs> I really hope that all the people who love to invent stuff that's horrible, like, I, I hope they, they're getting something out of it that is... What is it? What is the satisfaction in inventing something that is just a fucking nightmare? Like, if society is circling the drain and you can make $10 by stomping the turds down faster than they would go otherwise, why are you taking the $10? Like, if we all just held out and all of us just didn't do it, we could last longer. It's just the marshmallow problem. You know, when they put kids in a room and there's a marshmallow on a plate, and the scientist leaves him in the room with the marshmallow. Five, ten minutes, right? And these are kindergartners. Well, some of the kindergartners eat the marshmallow. They just can't help themselves. And some of them are are good boys. And they wait. And then when the researcher comes back, they give them two marshmallows. Uh-huh. So the idea is to test who can wait for reward. But it's just there's always some fucker. There's always going to be some fucker who just can't handle it. Mm-hmm. I know society sucks, but... I I got this idea for a fucking machine gun dog that you can't knock over. And it you, runs really fast, way faster than anybody. And his head is a machine gun, you guys. <laughs> if you're smart enough to invent machine gun dog, just invent something cool, that's not... That's nice. Invent something that's not bad for the fucking universe. But instead of having it be something that just destroys the vibes of any place where it walks into, invent something that's totally cool, man. It's like, hey, all right, robot dog full of weed is at the party. Now you're talking in years. (laughs) Okay, Natalie, Mm -hmm. I think together we may have a million dollar idea. Garbage Brain University, million dollar idea. You said robot dog full of weed. That sounds great. Everybody loves dog. Everybody loves weed. And one of the main things you can do if you've got a dog is if you do weed, then you hang out with your dog uh-huh. and you are like, bro, we are communicating. But also like petting the dog is such a tactile sensation and the dog likes it and the dog radiates its vibes to you. And you're like transferring your energy to the dog. So you get in like a figure eight, your chakras and the dog's chakras are just fucking vibing. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that is such a great setup. So here's the thing that I'm thinking. Boston dog, right? Uh-huh. Cop dog, machine gun dog. Uh-huh. Bad vibes. Right. You try to disable it. It doesn't get disabled. The robot weed dog. Uh-huh. With the good vibes. Is incredibly weak. <laughs> Yeah, you can knock him over easy. He falls over on his own. And you have to help the robot dog. You know what? It has been proven. And this is very roughly speaking, psychologically. You get the most benefit long term to your sense of well-being, your happiness. You may even, depending on what's going on, you may even get some relief from symptoms like depression or anxiety by doing something good for somebody else. It just makes you feel Mm -hmm. better. Right. Now, what mechanism that comes from, nobody knows, but we know that it's universal and it tracks across all age groups, 
all genders, all backgrounds, right? Well, it's because we're a universal consciousness, you see? And so when you extend yourself to help someone else, then you're actually helping yourself. You are creating a loop of vibes by which you, like, send good vibes to a different part of yourself, and it comes back around. Out of all the theories, that's equally possible. The thing is, is the robot brought you weed, and that is so nice. And then the robot fell over, and you're like, dude. Let's help him. Let's help the robot dog. And you team up with your buddies and you're like, yeah, there, yeah, <laughs> there you go. We help the robot dog. <laughs> and everybody's like, man, you remember when we had that party and we were all chilling, that robot dog showed up and its leg was all fucked up because it just was built real shitty. And we like taped his leg back all up together and his mouth LEDs went into a smile. <laughs> and then we got him high. <laughs> <laughs> Faulty robots that are not powerful are way more lovable. Uh -huh. I think that's why I love Roomba. It's not just the emotional support. Except he's a failure. Yeah. You know, a fallible robot is very important. You might say, I don't get up at three in the morning and clean the kitchen. But if you go down at three in the morning, Roomba might be bonk, bonk, bonking around. Roomba tries to go down one stair and is like... <laughs> you don't shit. <laughs> you can't even do shit. I'll help you, bro. Ah, right. oh, come on, dum dum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. I don't know how you got stuck, but let's get you home. Come on, you Doesn't dumb -dumb. that makes you feel so good? Mm -hmm. it makes you feel so good. Right. So I think we just have a line of poorly built and poorly performing robots that just uplift us they, when we uplift them. They're just endearing. Like maybe they have like a bowl on them and you can fill it with candy too. So like when it rolls by, you can have a little snack. Oh, I mean, after we perfect the weed dog, <laughs> it's just a matter. It's just a matter of mad living, right? Because that's what all companies do is they create one thing that works well and then they mad live. You know, they invented Doritos and mm -hmm. the next thing you know, you're in Canada and you're eating a Dorito that's ketchup flavor. And you're like, that's not a flavor. <laughs> And they have imported Doritos from Mexico and they're called like Psycho Sabor. And you're like, well, let's find out. <laughs> yeah. They just start fucking mad limiting them. The bag's purple. The Dorito bag is purple. What is, it's a savory flavor. What's purple savory? Who knows? No, nobody knows. <laughs> uh, robots can convey... Like the idea they're smart and they're thinking about stuff because some of them are like lifelike and they have like movements that are like people movements. And some of them are not like that. Some of them are just like, I'm the claw at the factory. Oh, uh, like the one that builds the cars. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they say that robots are expected to keep on spreading and they're going to become more and more common. And did you know that? Autonomous cars would be robots. Really? Mm -hmm. And all that stuff that's in your house is like a robot. I really hate all the stuff at your house. I just want my house to be like, I, not a robot. I want, my house is not relaxing if every element of my house is connected <laughs> to the internet. Like even ignoring the fact that I don't want my thermostat and my refrigerator to participate in a botnet that takes down Netflix. Right. <laughs> I don't want my fridge to know what's in it. Yeah. And I don't want my toaster 
to perform heuristics on what I'm doing. I want to put in my toast and then like three minutes later, I want it to pop up. Yeah, and the thing is, is that when you have stuff that's just made out of robots, like you can't fix it. Uh-uh. If I have a toaster and all it does is get hot, like it's conceivable that if my toaster did not work, I could like punch it a couple times or like jiggle it and it would work again. Well, I fixed the coffee maker the other day because mm -hmm. we don't have an Internet of Things coffee maker. We have a coffee maker that generates hot water using cold water and electricity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it goes through the hole. Yeah, I opened it up and I fixed it uh -huh. and I put it back together. So it's so like not only they're using the ro robotiz robotization, robotization. <laughs> We've got an increasing robertization in our society now. <laughs> right. Advancing technology has just made it so we are removed from our tools. And we no longer are in control of our tools. Like previously, if you had a tool, it was yours. You could fix it. You could alter it. You can make it do other stuff, right? Yeah. You turn it into a robot. You can't fix it. You can't do anything with it. It's all fucking DRM'd up. It removes you from from feeling like you have control over most minor shit in your life. People have a thermostat, and I get there's some measure of control that you have by programming your thermostat, but the thermostat connects to the internet, and you have issues where if your thermostat doesn't connect right to the internet, you can't turn your heat down. Mm -hmm. If you can't get into your interface or your Bluetooth doesn't work, you can't turn your heat up or down or turn your blower off or whatever. Suddenly, this control in your thermostat which is hooked to your furnace, just has a few wires in almost every case. If you have a house and you have a little thermostat, it's a control It's a control setup. It's very similar to an industrial control setup in a factory. When it gets cold, it turns on until it reaches a temperature that's a couple degrees above where you set it, and then it turns off, and then it gets cold again. And when it hits that cold set point, it comes back on. And so your house is just heating and cooling to maintain within a few degrees of what you said you want it to be. That's all you need. That has worked for a very long time. You could program it to make your house cold when you're at work and then get warm before you get back. But what may happen is you may get back home and you have been divorced, but your ex-husband has control of your thermostat and so he delights in changing your thermostat settings to question mark, to aggravate you, mm -hmm, but right. to heat or cool your house to extreme temperatures. I saw a review of this on Amazon. A guy bought a, a guy's ex-wife had a Nest temperature uh, thermostat controller for her house. And he wrote up this gleeful review of how he tortured his ex-wife. <laughs> by by changing the thermostat around and all his little ways he did it. Mm -hmm. Is it just a phone app? Uh, yeah, it's you connect to it. I don't know if it's Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or whatever because I have no interest in it, but you connect to it and then he found a way to connect to it remotely, I guess. Mm -hmm. But so he was writing about it like it was a funny story. And of course, it's one of those funny stories where the way that the person tells it and the things that the person talks about leads you to a different conclusion than the one they want you to reach, which is... They are cool and funny. A, yeah, very <laughs> cool. He wanted to be the cool, funny guy. Yeah, right. And it turns out he's probably not very cool. <laughs> How old do you think robots are? I think robots could be very old. Because Are you including mechanical mm -hmm, mm -hmm. robots? 
Um, I'm thinking Le Marchand, the puzzle maker in France. But I'm thinking you could go back even further than that. Like you get some Dutch guy in his workshop. Because that was where Pinocchio was from, yeah. was the Netherlands. And that Pinocchio was a robot. I thought Pinocchio was Italian. You know, I'm not a racist. <laughs> Are you calling me a racist? <laughs> his name's Pinocchio, and the guy who made him was named Geppetto. Of course he's fucking Italian. <laughs> We'll never know where Pinocchio's from, but he was a form of robot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't, though. He was a puppet. <laughs> I think 1450. No. Is that it? Do I have to guess another year? <laughs> it's not that one. So people have been hella making robots forever. Um, they first started talking about doing robots. Like, in 400 BC, they started talking about them, dudes who were made of metal. In 270 BC, there is this guy named Cecibius who apparently knew about doing pneumatics and hydraulics and making structures, not structures, but um, like a toy or something that would have moving parts. Okay. And shit moving around and like filled with water and dumped the water out and all that kind of stuff, right? Like the drinking bird. Right, right. Okay. In the 4th century BC, there was a Greek mathematician who talked about uh, an idea for building a steam-operated bird. And so, like, they, like, old time. Okay, so that that old stuff where they had a big boiler and a can of steam and it and it moved the automaton's legs and so you had like a walking robot right like a walking like a metal walking man with stiff legs or whatever i don't do shit (laughs) (laughs) i can't post on 4chan or anything Yeah, so b- back then, people were building all kinds of shit. Um, they would build, like, water clocks that would, like, fill up with water, and then they would pour the water out and make little figures, like, move around and chime how time it was and have, like, little drumming guys come out and go, like, bullshit like that. And that counts as a robot. Yeah, because it's a little guy who does a task for you. Okay. No matter how okay. little bullshitty the task is. But they they probably could have been programmed by like carving notches into a cog or something, right? Yeah. And a ratchet goes across it and then on a certain sequence it clicks through or something. Mm-hmm. I could see that mechanically, sure. Yeah. Um there was all that kind of stuff. Uh, the guy who invented the flush toilet, like the mechanism by which the flush flushes, that guy was alive in the 13th century, and he also was known for making automated devices and automatons and stuff. He had automatons that would be like, they would pour a drink for you. Okay. And so his were like quite advanced in that they were actually like slightly useful. So he's gotten to the stage of being something that Pee Wee Herman might own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the 13th century, right? Yeah. People have always been trying to make little people that do stuff. It makes you feel like God. Think about it. I bet it does. Imagine that old man hammering Pinocchio together in his studio thinking about what Pinocchio could do for him. Pinocchio can't do anything because he's not a robot. My theory, and this was never fully explored in the children's tale, I believe the carpenter intended 
to build Pinocchio as a robot that would kill insects, notably the cricket. Uh-huh. And as it turned out, Pinocchio came out and he was friends with the cricket, which was incredibly annoying. Uh-huh. And it wasn't what he intended. He was, <laughs> I think he was thinking about more of a Boston Dynamics situation. Yeah, but what he ended up with was a puppet. So he sucked at building that robot. Yeah. The first time anyone called a robot a robot was in 1920 when there was a Czech writer named Carol Chopek. He was writing about robots being used as forced labor and having then a class of a class of beings that were just forced labor. And so he his angle on it was like, hey, what about these guys who just like they just exist to serve us? That's like a little weird, don't you think? Those robot class. Oh, yeah. Asking those questions about, wouldn't it be crazy if there was a whole class of people that did work and they weren't even treated like humans? But he was making it explicit by having them be robots. That's interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. He So he wrote about a feudal robot class and a manufactured class of artificial workers. That was the first time anyone ever said robot. So here's what I wanted to spend some time talking about here today. When people first started talking about robots, there was like a whole bunch of different ways that they pronounced it. It was originally pronounced like rowboat. Rowboat? Well, the guy was Czech, right? Uh-huh. The guy you were you were talking about. Uh-huh. And then later it kind of started morphing and they started pronouncing it like robot. Now say here, what are you doing here on this street, robot? (laughs) Go back to your factory. Yes. That eventually changed into robot, which is obviously how you would do it. But I like thinking about pronouncing it robot. I like thinking about robot. But they started saying robot. In the 70s, that's when they started doing it, which is way later than I would have thought. Yeah, well, I know uh, I know they would say robot in the Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Do you know why I bet they started saying it in the 70s? Hmm. Probably because of Ozzy. Because that's really, he was the one that made robots really big. Ozzy? Ozzy Osbourne. Like Black Sabbath? Yeah, okay. yeah. Because everybody was like, everything's all cool, man. And he was like, I don't know. I don't think everything's all cool. And they're like, no, it's cool. We just did Woodstock. And he's like, actually, I am Iron Man. And I think he was the one that made robots a lot cooler. Yeah. Okay. Because his robots are the original Iron Man. So you think it was the other way? (laughs) (laughs) Are you... Well, there was robots before there was Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess you're. I guess you're right. Yeah. I'm right again. I am Pinocchio. <laughs> it just wouldn't have sounded. No. No. So in 1928, they had one of the first humanoid robots um, that they showed at an exhibition in London, and it delivered a speech to the people who were there watching. Hello, I'm a robot, and it was a remote control robot, and it ran on a 12 volt battery and it can move its hands and his head and then i imagine it had like a speaker where you could talk through on a microphone right okay i was just gonna ask you how it would have how it would have talked i would imagine it had it had like a speaker or something and yeah. like very low end there was one uh at the world's fair in 1939 that was bigger and it could it responded to voice commands it had a 700 word vocabulary that was powered by a record player inside of it. 
and it could smoke cigarettes and blow up balloons. Did you say you could give it voice commands? Yeah. That smells like the Mechanical Turk to me. That smells like the weird, the weird bear at State Fair, where it's just someone hiding in a, in there with a microphone, and they're like, "Hey, little girl." Hello, man wearing a red shirt. I see you there in your red shirt. Did you know that you can stop forest fires? <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there was no, there was no way for something this, even the size of like a minivan to be able to interpret voice <laughs> commands. That's something that did not happen in the world. There was not enough computing capability right. for that to happen right. for quite some time. <laughs> so there was definitely somebody in there with a microphone, yeah. So the main problem that you run into with robots is that they start off looking like Roomba. <laughs> And, like, as you make little incremental improvements in the aesthetics of them and they start looking, like, more like little guys, right? It makes you like them more. But then, after a certain point, they look more and more like people until they hit a spot where we don't like it anymore. It is no longer attractive to us that they look like people. That is called the Uncanny Valley. Like, when they look close enough to people that they look like people that, that are fucked up and so it gives us like brain feelings about yeah, it. Yeah, it gives you the heebie-jeebies because they just look like they look wrong. Like all that old computer animation. Actually, kind of still a lot of the computer animation. But that's why, it, isn't that why they have to make in all those animated movies, they always do it with like little mascot, little anthropomorphic animals. And then the people, they always make look exaggerated because otherwise they look like sex dolls. Yeah, right. Sex dolls are definitely uncanny valley. Like they they have like shark face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay, so the uncanny valley is a hypothesized relationship between the degree of an object's resemblance to a human being and the emotional response that a person has to the object. And so it, it suggests that stuff that looks like humans that is imperfect make you have strange feelings of revulsion. Because it's close enough that you start to feel emotionally about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then you're like, no. And the valley is in reference to the dip in the affinity for, for whatever it is that you're looking at. Oh. Because it goes, it's like, yeah, we like it. No, we don't like it. And then and then if it gets perfect, then we'll, it'll start coming back up. But you have to do a really, really good job. Mm-hmm. And part of the thing is the, the way that it moves. Yeah, right. Like those Boston Dynamics kind of move like people. But they don't look enough like people, though, to really have like that kind of emotion. Right. And I think it's probably very hard to have the face of a robot like give off those little micro emotions that make a face seem alive, mm -hmm. right? And so they say that it is part probably has to do with like us seeing it and there being like a subconscious like feeling like there's something wrong with them you're like they're sick your your lizard brain is like oh that person is sick there's something i don't want to get that oh that person's herky jerking around i better stay clear so your so your animal brain is looking at it and he's like that doesn't look right that guy doesn't look right <laughs> don't go hang out with that guy fuck no and so yeah so people are like repulsed by it and they seem like they're not human 
because they're not. Stop making them look like humans. But we didn't figure that out until we got to the point where we were making them real good and all of a sudden people liked them a lot less. And we were like, that's not fair. <laughs> this one you was can't, way more expensive. <laughs> you can like this one less. It's covered in cyber skin. <laughs> Remember when they used to cover everything with cyber skin? How fucking gross it was. Maybe that's just a memory I had from working at the porn store. There was a certain type of fleshy material where you had to you had to clean it, but then you also had to put some kind of powder on it. Yeah, otherwise it would like start degrading and like get sticky. Like those little sticky hands, <laughs> like out of the twenty five cent machine. Right. So you had to keep it powdered, otherwise it wouldn't look like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I would look like a piece of chewed up gum. <laughs> <laughs> I used to I used to be ex- extremely grossed out by cyber skin because I worked at the porn shop and on every single package where it was a toy that had was made out of cyber skin, there was always like a little sample swatch of the cyber skin material with like a hole in the package so you could stick your finger in it and feel it. <laughs> Yeah. And so everybody did it and no one ever washed it and no one ever powdered it. And so it was always like this fucking square of like gummy, gross nastiness with everyone's finger filth on it. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody was going to buy that afterwards. Right. It's fucking disgusting. (laughs) So the word android, did you know that the word android only refers to a robot that looks like it's male and that if the robot looks like a female it is referred to as a gynoid i I think that's yucky gynoid sounds like some shit that some 4chaner would call you yeah they should (laughs) what would be a better term ladyoid what about a yoni bot (laughs) no (laughs) that makes it sound like she's a fuck robot a roberta (laughs) (laughs) roberta it is (laughs) you've never heard the term gynoid and that's because roberta is what we've been looking for this whole fucking time right now we can we can proceed with our lady androids did you know that robots can debone chickens? It sounds like something they'd be able to do. And that's the thing is if you fuck up, if the robot is deboning the chicken and the robot fucks up, then you're cook, you get your chicken out at home and you're like, oh, this still has a bone in it. Dumb you, robot. You cut the bone off. You throw yeah. the bone away. Yeah. That, I mean, again, that's a job somebody could have. But working in a slaughterhouse is one of the worst jobs you can have. It's a job where, you know, in agri- in states where there's a lot of agriculture, the people running the state, whether it's the governor or it's, it's the state congress, you know, they, uh, they really heavily discriminate against slaughterhouse workers because there's a lot of undocumented immigrants. So they like to do stuff like make people live in abattoirs where they're just soaked in blood and entrails all day. And they're like, by the way, you can't get the vaccine. <laughs> I have determined that your life is too good as it is. (laughs) Did you know that there was an artificially intelligent robot that told its creator that it wanted to keep humans in people zoo? (laughs) That's unsettling. So let's get rid of robots. In closing for today, let's get rid of robots. Think about how maybe we don't need them. 
Think about how we can maybe be better if we don't have them. Think about how maybe we don't need to have robots and literally everything constantly collecting information about every time we fucking fart. Let's just cool it with this shit and like just fucking turn them off. You don't need a robot toothbrush, a robot toilet paper holder, or a robot dishwasher, or a robot refrigerator, or a robot doorbell. You just don't. Until they have the cunnilingus robot, we don't need robots. <laughs> you wouldn't want to pay for it anyway. No. It'd be some tech startup fucker, and they'd just be reusing code from the asshole robot anyway. <laughs> right. A dick sucking robot. It's just gonna be an inside out dick sucking robot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Alanis Morissette said. It's ironic. It's like when all you want is a Roberta and you get a dick sucking inside out robot. <laughs> what did you learn about Robertas today? You know, they're older than I thought. I learned that Pinocchio was from Italy. Much like the Romans. Yeah. You know, give them credit. The old Italians way back, they did a lot of stuff. So, shouts out. And, you know, history is written by the winners, and the Europeans destroyed the prehistoric civilization that was here in America before European colonization. So, that history's gone. Some of it's underwater, where the aliens live. Right. <laughs> We're all part of a global universal consciousness. So when you give someone a high five, you're actually high-fiving yourself. And when you kick a robot's ass, you're kicking every robot's ass. You're improving humanity. Let's take this party to the stars. <laughs> right. Knock them over. <laughs> Listen, if you haven't subscribed yet, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. I know you're skipping this part, but it's immensely valuable, not only to you, but to us. If you skip over things, you may miss, like if we put a cool remix at the end and you might not hear it. So thanks again for listening all the way to the end. Yeah, that's where, that's where the real geniuses are. And we'll talk to you again I soon. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs>